0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another episode of the MNK Productions podcast. I'm your host, Mac. Joining here once again from my co-host, Kristen, a.k.a. Miss Flamingo. Or should I just start calling you Miss Flamingo and just accept to Kristen or just keep that You can just
1: keep it as Kristen. I like, uh, you know, people knowing I'm just more than the Miss Flamingo. Like, I have a name. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I have a name, too, but for legal purposes, I'm not going to release it. But yeah, welcome back, Kristen. How are we doing today?
1: We're doing good. This is our big anticipated episode of the Kissing Booth 3, and I decided that Mac didn't get to watch this, but I need to alert you all on how bad he's all that
0: is. The new remake with TikTok star Addison Ray and whatever the other dude's name is. Is he TikTok? It's Tanner
1: Buchanan. He is from Cobra Kai.
0: Oh, Oh, so something good mixed with something bad mixed with something that shouldn't have never happened what a combination
1: the thing is there's good people in that movie it just is terrible
0: yeah but we'll get to all that but the main meat potato will be the kissing booth three so on today's show we're going to be talking about some film news that have popped up since we recorded last week um then kristen's going to give her thoughts about he's all that because i'm curious to see what she has to say about this and then we're going to be talking about the end of an era the last film of this epic trilogy the kissing booth three we're going to be talking about that and giving our thoughts about that then we're gonna be going into some upcoming releases and we can box off those numbers for the last and give you another MK upfront of what's coming next so are you ready to go Kristen
1: yeah let's do it
0: all right let's get right into the news let's do this this is CNN. hey
1: everyone it's Kristen editing this episode and the segment what you're about to hear about the news um mac and i do talk about venom and the jackass films we understand that the releases have been changed but we talk about them so this is all right before the change up so please listen to what we have and i hope you enjoy the rest of our segment thanks
0: all right so the news for this new film week uh i will start it off with this Juicy News, which was actually released 20 hours ago. So, Kristen, did you know that we're getting another Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie that's going to be a direct sequel to the 1974 film directed by Toe Booper? Did you know know that uh, officially, 20 hours ago, the new movie will be releasing on Netflix later this year?
1: On Netflix? Yes. I did hear it, but I'm still trying to comprehend it's going to be on Netflix.
0: (laughs) um, So, the film is expected to pick up right after where hooper left off in 1974 bringing audiences to a point in which the terrors of leatherface haven't been known for quite some time along with the characters return fans can undoubtedly expect much of the same violence and mayhem that past centuries have provided and the film will mark director david blue garcia's first foray into the horror genre after his 2018 debut film the crime thriller tiano, or tiano. there is no official date for the texas chainsaw massacre film But it is coming later this year, and it will be on Netflix. What do you think about that? you excited for a new Texas Chainsaw film?
1: Yeah, but I think we're probably going to get it around Halloween, I think towards the end of the month. Really? Yeah. Oh, I think this has been probably going on for at least a hot moment, trying to figure that out. And for Netflix to release it at the end of Halloween, it just screams literally that a perfect way to stay in and watch uh, a horror movie for Halloween. I mean, what else? I mean, you, I mean, yeah. I watch horror movies all the time and so does the majority of everybody else. But when you think of Halloween, you think of scary movies and this is a great way to market it off, especially during that time. It'll probably get you know the millions of views, I'm sure of it. But is it gonna be good? That's the question
0: yeah i think this is a better option to go to streaming because a lot of people didn't even know there was a texas chainsaw movie coming out this year i've been keeping up with it i think since last year yeah they're like because they were like oh it's a new texas chainsaw movie and i'm like i knew about it and i was just like okay i'm thinking and given like,
1: how much the previous films have kind of not per se bonds but they were just didn't turn out great
0: let's say the only good one since the first texas chainsaw massacre is the 2003 uh, reboot with, or was there was a prequel? Or a reboot, I don't know. So this timeline is getting confusing. And that was good. And the 2017 Leatherface, like pre-origin story, that one's pretty good too.
1: The and, uh, one that still gets me in my uh, gut Matthew is Matthew sure. McConaughey. Yeah. Boomer. <laughs> that never gets old. And I feel like if I reference it, not many people understand what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, because
0: <laughs> let's face it, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre series, it's like, first of all, it's not based on a true story. So if you want to say that, get the hell out right now. Um, it's it's an iconic film, but it's just so sad to just fall into the wayside for the sequel itis, because all the sequels haven't really
1: itis, I like that word.
0: Thank you. Like all the sequel like nothing has really like captured the original magic of the 1974 film. And it's just like, man, like, what can you do? And like, and then the sound of this film, it sounds like they're gonna do the um the Texas Chainsaw. Oh, what was the 2006 one? What was the name with Jordina Brewster? And um it was like, what was it? The New Beginnings or something? It was like, Arlen- it was produced by Mike, um, Michael Bay's production company, Doom. Oh! That one, I feel like they're, gonna, they're going that route where it's like, it's taking place before the first the 2003 movie and before the 1974 movie and it's like
1: that would mean they would all connect then
0: well technically speaking there's two timelines there is the michael not that there's the toe hooper 1974 like the original series like that's that timeline and then you have the michael bay dune um production company timeline which the 2017 leatherface movie actually followed and the 2013 reboot with um, Alexandra, Dario Alexandra and Chainsaws, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, that that falls the Michael Bay reboot. Constantly. Okay, of so this this it's so confusing. I don't know. I'm I'm excited. I feel like it's better for it to go to streaming so people will check it out and maybe some parents will be like, "Hey kids, you want to know what horror movie I grew up with? Texas Chainsaw. Let's watch this." Or maybe they'll add the original ones on there too because those are hard to find on streaming. Yeah,
1: I haven't been able to find the exact originals. I like even growing up, I mostly watched the um like the two thousand ones. ones like I don't I haven't seen all of them but like the ones that I just remember um are you know the classic you know
0: seventy four, yeah
1: 74 version and then the 2013 now, Ag- Alexander Daddario and Trey film, because I really did not like
0: that. I don't think anyone liked that I, I think people want to forget about that movie but yeah Texas Chainsaw uh, watch out for later this year Netflix and you know it's a Netflix movie so just give it a watch so Christian what news you got
1: all right are you ready for DC fandom this year
0: yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: all it's because it's potentially we're gonna get maybe the trailer for the new Batman as well as a sneak peek of the Flash that is set for uh, DC fandom for this October. October the Hollywood, 16th, right? yep, October 16th, and this comes up from what was successful from last year's fandom because yep. you know there was so much being released during that time last year. You know, we had Robert Pattinson talking about his, you know role and then we had Dwayne Johnson talking about Black Adam and where the heck that footage is. We won't know. We won't know until next year. Watch. Yeah. And then we're also supposed to get behind the scenes of Aquaman and the last the Lost Kingdom and Shazam, the Fury of the Gods. And I'm sure there's other supposed stuff that's gonna come out as well. Oh
0: um I hope we get um I know you're not a gamer. But I really hope we get more footage of um, the new Suicide Squad game, uh, Kill the Justice League. That's okay. going to be made by um, the Arkham Knight Origins because they released that trailer. We haven't uh, heard anything about it since last year when that first trailer released during the first DC fandom. And I just hope that's the case. And I got some with Batman that one's on, the I'll let you finish.
1: Okay. But otherwise, we have a look at television as Warner Brothers will give a new look for the new season of Batwoman, The Flash, Superman, and Lois. The Sweet Tooth, which I haven't even seen yet, but I heard it's pretty good. Um, And it's also going to pay tribute to Supergirl as it nears the end of the conclusion of the sixth season run. It'll honor DC's Legends of Tomorrow, which will reach 100 episodes, which is ahead of its upcoming season. I'm surprised DC Legends has made it for tomorrow, has made it to 100 episodes. I remember saying to myself, oh, I'll watch that when it comes out, maybe, but didn't. Mm The forthcoming drama Naomi as well as Stargirl will also get some spotlight and then HBO Max will unveil a look at Peacemaker, the spin-off of the Suicide Squad from James Gunn starring John Cena. As a part of the announcement, Peacemaker unveiled its first poster for HBO Max and HBO Max will preview the limited series DMZ as well as a look at Titans and Doom Patrol. This is all being reported from the Hollywood Reporter. So I just read some of that. So we're going to just get some good stuff coming out from DC ahead of its strong um, lineup that it has. I'm really mm-hmm. excited to see what Peacemaker is uh, going... The series is going to be about. I'm really, really hyped up for it now. I think this is the only HBO Max series in the superhero content franchise Same. I'll actually watch. Because I haven't watched Doom Patrol or Titans. Doom
0: because- Patrol is actually... Very good. Titans is like, I don't know, that that F Batman trailer still gets me, and that's like it's kind of hard for me to turn that on. But the Doom Patrol is actually very good. And it has my boy Brendan Fraser as Robot Man. So that's even
1: a bonus. I love brendan Frazier. Did you see the, the clip that's been going around online where the woman has been saying, We've been rooting for you? And yeah, he was the, crying and it made he was crying. Cry that was the sweetest thing ever.
0: We love you, Brendan Fraser.
1: And then uh I'm mostly excited to watch it for
0: a Batman. little.
1: Yes, I think that's yeah, yeah. I think the only reason, reason. Yeah. everybody's gonna watch it for and, just and, because of that.
0: And speaking of Batman, there's actually um, this little bonus news going on at DC. There have been reactions to some test screenings that yes. for the Batman, and apparently this is from my like memory. I'm not looking at my phone or anything. They were showing a three-hour cut. People yep. said that Robert Pattinson's voice as Batman was perfect. Paul Dano as a Riddler is insane the ending had people on their knees going oh my god the batmobile was great and it's very and according to people it's very gothic and horror like but we don't know if that's like you know those are trustable but if they are then this is shaping up to be one of the most generational batman movies of like the new age
1: especially since uh the dark knight
0: Mm -hmm. yeah this could be like Probably people will start talking about maybe like maybe this will be better than Dark Knight. I've heard that rumblings, so but we don't know yet. Well we if this second trailer hits as hard as the first one, then I think maybe we might have a contender.
1: And then they were also talking about in that forum, they were saying that uh Zoe Kravitz plays a really good Catwoman. Catwoman, yeah. Which I'm kind of really excited about because we haven't had a good catwoman. So, yeah since michelle pfeiffer i mean anne hathaway was good but i didn't really like her as much
0: and, and technically she was a Catwoman; she was just selena kyle
1: yeah so i'm looking forward to just about everything going ahead of this film um and then black adam i just don't care for really I, i'll i'm gonna watch black adam because i know, know people
0: are just hyped because it's just the rock in a superhero mm-hmm. movie for the first time so it's like it's fine it's like i don't know that movie yeah. just It'll make money, but I'm just saying it just seems kind of like I don't care.
1: Anymore. And then we got some other good stuff like, you know, Aquaman and then, you know, Shazam. I'm yeah. excited for that Shazam movie because it's got Helen Mirren in it. Oh,
0: yeah.
1: So that's going to be really interesting to see Helen Mirren be in a superhero film. She So she went from like now Fast and Furious and now to one of the big superhero films of, you know, in
0: mm-hmm. the
1: DC universe, which is great. What's your next news,
0: man? All right, so we just found this out, actually, a couple minutes before we went on live. So I made a disclaimer last week before we started the podcast. Um, it's up now on YouTube and Spotify and all those. I said that I didn't. we didn't get to record talking about the Spider-Man trailer and the Venom news, that Venom may be pushed back to January 2022, so everyone thought it was going to get delayed. But Sony has a new poster for Venom, Let There Be Carnage, the sequel, starring... Uh, Tom Hardy and Woody Harrelson and it says underneath it exclusively in theaters October 15th so the rumors of the delay date to January 2022 is completely untrue is debunked now Sony is going ahead and releasing Venom in October 15th of this year because I feel like they will lose more money if they do another delay so what do you think about Venom not getting pushed back because I thought everyone thought it was gonna get late again
1: I think knowing now since the pandemic has played a part in it and I think not wanting to release it on home video they're like we'll just take a shot at it let's we'll see what happens at this point we can't and I think they can't even afford to move it around yeah get no, I much think- money I feel like what, especially when you make a film a lot of the money goes to talent and the producers and then there's like a whole tier that you know goes into g- negotiations and money mm-hmm. and you know, having Sony to waste so much money, it doesn't make sense for them anymore to be like, "All right, we're gonna go bankrupt if we don't release this movie on time. So let's do, let's just do it." And I know it'll make money. The problem is, it's the release. It comes out that weekend.
0: Yeah, is there like a big lineup that weekend?
1: October is huge for movies because you got
0: you got Dune. We have N- Dune the last night in Soho. Week,
1: films that are going to come out between um October 1st and October 15th okay. so we had the many Saints in Newark Adam's yeah. Family 2
0: that's yep that's no
1: time to die oh god yep and then we have Venom mm-hmm. Halloween Kills oh yeah The Last Duel which is Ridley Scott's next film with like Adam, uh, Ben Affleck and Matt Damon and Adam Driver Mm -hmm. Um, then the week after that we got Dune the French Dish Patch which will probably most likely be in select theaters not everywhere and then Jackass Forever then after that we got Last Night in Soho and Antlers and then we just I didn't mention any of the streaming stuff because we know we're gonna that'll just people can go see that wherever but you know that's a big weekend so I I doubt that It'll probably be number one. Like, when it comes down to it, Halloween Kills, I am sh- guarantee you, would probably be number one. And mm-hmm. then No Time to Die would probably come in at number two. And then three would probably be Venom. I don't, And then Last Duel well, at number four. I can't believe we're going to start talking about box offices now. And, like, now. Like, that's yeah. crazy. Like,
0: it's been a uh, while.
1: So, I mean, I'm looking at it. And releasing it then is the best way i think they should have stuck with a september date still just yeah at... but i
0: think they wanted to, i think maybe for this because i feel like a september would have been better because you read that lineup and that's like a juggernaut that's like that would that should recoup a lot of the lost box office numbers for last fall but i think they're like i think they were on the fence about delaying it again I think uh Sony execs like, listen, we gotta get this movie out like now because we don't do this, we're gonna not only like people are gonna lose interest because I know a lot of people they like they wanna go see this, they wanna see Venom too, mm-hmm. and like I know that there is a lot riding with this because this is supposed to kick off Sony's shared shared universe of like you know Spider-Man. It is so, so they like, probably
1: can't they can't even afford it anymore and no so this, they wanna probably and. Who knows? I, I doubt this would happen, but well, I don't know if I should say doubt, but sh- it could fear with the Spider-Man No Way From Home film too.
0: This As- is pretty much Sony's Hail Mary. They need they need this to they needed to release this. They couldn't push it back because they just they just need this to work because the first one first Venom was kind of like a mixed bag. Like I know people liked it. Some people liked it. Some people didn't like it. I was in the fence. Like I thought it was okay. But, like, it wasn't like the Venom movie that I think a lot of people wanted, like the rated R that we're getting in this one. Mm-hmm. And, like, this is something they need. They've invested a lot of money. They got a new director, they got a new cat, they got um a lot of new people in the cast. And it's just like, we need this to work. So, I think I'm excited to see it. I'm probably going to see it in October, probably around Halloween, maybe just in this little Halloween movie. Yeah. Just hoping that it I'm going to be
1: seeing, like, three movies that weekend. Knowing myself, between Venom, Halloween Kills, and The Last Duel, I'll probably be at the, the theater at least three times that weekend, maybe, even, depending how it all goes.
0: But let us I want to see
1: all those three movies that come out that weekend.
0: But let us know in the comment section below, what movie would will be seeing in October, or what movies? And what do you think Venom's going to do? Do you think Venom's going to do well and tie into the MCU, or do you think it's going to bomb? You let us know in the comments down below. So, Christian, you got any more news you want to talk about? Yes,
1: one um, news. For anybody who saw the Dave Franco's directorial debut, it was... Sorry, so for anybody who has seen um, Dave Franco's directorial debut with the rental, that's with his wife and um, Dan Stevens. That came out last year. It topped off the box office when it was... Hit during the pandemic, it hit VOD. But now Dave Franco and his wife have teamed up for a script called Somebody I Used to Know, and it is set to be on Amazon. So he's making his, I think this is a what I might have been a rom com. Okay, let's read it from the top from deadline. After making his directing debut with the thriller The Rental, Dave Franco has found his next project coming in to direct Somebody I Used to Know for Amazon Studios. Insiders tell, also said line that Jay, Jay Ellis, Brie Larson, and Kirstie Clemens are on board to star. Brie also co-wrote the script with Franco, and the film was produced by Temple Hill's Marty Brown, Wick Godfrey, and Isaac Hunzer, and Black Bear's Stillman, just like a lot of people who are expect, executive to produce, the film follows an work alcoholic, Bree, who on a trip to her hometown spends a nightmare reminiscing with her ex-boyfriend, Sean, and which makes her start to question everything about her choices she's made and the person she's become. The only thing that gets more confusing is when she meets Cassidy, a younger woman who reminds her of the person she used to be. So it sounds like it's going to be a romantic comedy mixed maybe with r
0: maybe Maybe yeah
1: yeah i mean did you see the rental yet
0: no
1: i believe it's on hulu now if i'm not if i'm speaking correctly i saw it about a year ago i don't really remember it that much i thought it was a okay directorial debut
0: i think you mentioned about it last year on the podcast. Yeah, I remember, remember talking because- about
1: because I remember viewing it for anybody who wants to go visit on my Instagram. I, I i did review it and watch it. I was really excited for it because it, you know, it was at Sundance and it was Day Franco because I love Day Franco. You know, it was part of the Franco clan of people and family, you know, so I was excited. I don't really like I said, I don't really remember it that much. But I kind of wish he was starring in in it, Mm. but uh, who knows how this is going to turn out. I think it's a big step for, you know, him. He went on, you know, like most directors, they direct, you know, their small starter film, and then they bump themselves up to a bigger and uh, project for a studio, so. Yeah,
0: he's working slowly towards that, but I don't know. This this sounds like an intriguing movie. I I feel like I've heard the plot before maybe in like one of those like 2000 movies but maybe it'll be good
1: yeah maybe it'll be different do you like Kirstie Clemens though or Kelsey Clemens? I don't I have no idea if I'm saying her name right
0: she's fine she's like I don't know she's not a memorable actress but she's fine
1: yeah she's a young actress she's been on the rise mostly
0: but I do have one more news before we move
1: on okay what's the last piece of news
0: all right, so I know you're not a gamer, but I want to talk about this because it looks so bad. So did you know we're getting a new Resident Evil reboot called Raccoon yes. Welcome to Raccoon City. It is the, what they say, the accurate version of Resident Evil, not those terrible Paul W.S. No, wait, not one. Those terrible, wait, is that his name, Paul W.S. Anderson, who did Mortal Kombat in the Resident Evil movies? Yeah,
1: that's what... Okay. Paul Thomas Anderson is the one you might be thinking of. Yeah. Who, yeah. Um, who did, like, you know... Uh, yeah. Vice and stuff
0: okay yeah that's yeah, yeah. Uh, paul ws anderson is the he does all. so yeah the one with mila jokovic those ones are there's something and they released the first images for the new uh resident Evil movie and it looks awful it looks like we're going right back it looks so cheap like party city the people party they got, city the people they got to play um leon and claire they look like budget version like They probably are the nicest people, but they do not look like the part. Also,
1: Robbie Amell, who's, like, super nice. I've seen, like, in a lot of stuff. He's had a Well,
0: this is... I don't think a Resident Evil movie is... No, they should have gotten the actors from the second game remake that they had for the Netflix Infinite Darkness series, but this is not... No, it doesn't... Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it, it could be good, because apparently they are being faithful to the games, but it's just, like, I don't know. It just seems like... It, not a good step with these first images, and that's all I got. for Are you going to
1: watch it, though?
0: Oh, right, yeah, I'm going to see it, because I want to, I don't know. I, those Resident Evil movies in the 2000s, I was like, I'm so so sick of this. Like, we need a Resident Evil movie that's actually good.
1: When is it set to come out again?
0: October.
1: January, October, this October, the Resident Evil film?
0: Oh, no, January. Whoops, it is January. I, thought, I just thought so it I'm was. I'm saying there.
1: to myself, I didn't that, didn't, that wasn't in the lineup in the earlier... <laughs>
0: discussion yeah but uh that's gonna do it for all the news we have if you have any news you can send them to us on MK productions podcast on instagram link in the description we'll that we'll credit you and you read the news story of course but we get into the topic of the kissing move three like i said before Kristen has seen a movie that she says is so awful that we just had to talk about it And you know what i'm a sucker for terrible films, so let's talk about it and the movie in question is She's All That, which is a gender swap remake of 1999's She's All That, and which in turn was a modern adaptation of George Bernard Shaw's 1913 play, Pigmentation, and George Coker's 1964 film, My Fair Lady. It stars Addison Rae, Tanner Buchan, Madison Pettis, Peyton Meyer, Rachel Lake Cook, and Matthew Lillard.
1: We're live here, and surprise, we're on the set of My Boyfriend's brand new music video.
0: What are you doing? Okay, let's not freak out. you We're over, okay? Touch it! You're still alive.
1: Oh, shit! Breakups are hard. I was humiliated. You're going viral. In the wrong way. It will get better. Makeovers are my thing. When I first met him, he was 120 pounds of bad hair. Why don't you just make another Jordan? I will create the next prom king. You make it sound so easy. You don't think I can do it? No, but I do think it'll be fun watching you try. A
0: bet? No. I'm in. And, uh, yeah, this has been getting bombed by critics everywhere. And if you're going to watch it, it's on Netflix. So, Kristen, what the hell is this movie?
1: It's a disaster.
0: Okay, that's it. Review done.
1: Yeah, I am really, really angry about this film. I, I you know, there's every year... Where a film gets me so angry that makes me say, "I understand a movie is hard to make, but I don't understand how this was made."
0: Or who asked for this?
1: Or exactly, Who's
0: exactly. Who's like, we need to do a gender reverse film of she's all that.
1: I mean, like this could have worked in a way, but it do- it doesn't because it's of its star Addison Ray. And when I, well, first of all, do you know what's funny? When I'm looking at the poster for it, it makes what? me think of Justin, Do you ever hear of that movie, Justin and Kelly? Yes. It makes me think of that poster, Don't Ask Me Why. <laughs> and the cast that, you know, you just mentioned, you know, are, are decent people, at least in my eyes. And they all, like, aside from Addison Ray. Who marks her acting debut in this big, big project? I mean, everyone has at least had some kind of professionalism in the industry with yeah. it because of Tanner and his Cobra Kai role, Madison Pettis, you know, who, you know, we,
0: house.
1: who's, you know, a former Disney star and been game, the game plan, and yep. Matthew Lillard, you know, and Rachel Lee Cook, and then Peyton Meyer, who's also a Disney kid. So there's like, a Whole bunch of people in this that made could have made this movie really work, but due to the scripts, the direction, and then Addison Ray, and then the product placement that's god awfully everywhere, this movie is. I, I don't understand how any of this came to be. It's
0: so, a, you know, what you know, what that's a simple question. I mean, that's a simple answer. This was meant to get Addison Ray. Exposure to the mainstream. Because, yeah. you know, when you think of TikTok, who do you think of? You'd be like, oh, like the Demilios, Addison Ray and Bryce Hall or whatever the hell their names are. And, you know, it's funny too, because I just heard about Addison Ray a few months ago during the UFC fight when uh, Conor McGregor broke his leg against Dustin mm-hmm. Poirier. She <laughs> made a tweet. And she took a picture. She was on the uh, media carpet. She was in the media press event. And she's like, six months ago, I was in journalism school, and now I'm here at UFC. And that was incredibly disrespectful to many journalism's, you know, journalists who spent their whole careers like going through different schools and everything, different jobs, trying to get like land that field of reporting, like sports reporting. And she got fired for making that dumbass tweet. So, um, yeah, she doesn't seem like the brightest goal and seeing her in this, it, and you describing it like that, it mm-hmm. just seems like that they're trying to get them, get her mainstream. So be like, oh, you won't just be ticked. But here's the thing, TikTok people, like the big ones, all they do is like sing, that like lip syncing thing, like your Musical.ly was around, that doesn't translate to acting, like at all. So what makes you think they can carry a movie as the lead role?
1: I knew Addison Rae from a meme. Like I didn't watch tick TikTok really or anything. Mm -hmm. And the way I knew Addison Rae was this meme. Is that like because of the song. That she has and I forgot what it's called. But I think it it, this might be her song obsessed. I don't know because I don't listen to her music. She's She's also a singer but there's the beam is i need a bad b uh addison ray little shorty, the baddest yeah she got her ways and then she's like uh these lyrics are obviously very heartfelt to me because i am addison (laughs) ray that's what she says and the lyric genius video that was just a meme of itself and i just thought it was the funniest thing like if you just watch her reaction to that, it's 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 great. It's so funny.
0: Man, TikTok should have been banned. Convince me otherwise. Jesus. Okay. But yeah. But anyways, movie?
1: maybe I can put myself on a hot second. I'm also on TikTok, but don't nearly post anything nearly that cringy that Addison Ray does. If you want to follow me, it's also Miss Filmingo on TikTok. So hey. This film, on the other hand, is just like I said, a nightmare. It's like Addison Ray playing herself. She plays a character named Bridget, <laughs> which I never heard of that name before. It's, we're in that stage of millennial names where you don't understand why their their names are named that name.
0: Yeah.
1: Like, I don't understand. I never heard of somebody named Bridget, but I know of Bridget, but like, you know, that's what makes me think of what the like, you know, the G-E-T-T at the end, I, but it's, Pad. no, it's Padgett, Padgett. Mm-hmm. But then I also think of Padgett Queen, Maybe that's why they named her that. But she's Uh, basically a social media influencer. And she's at, like, her, like, graduation, ready to graduate. She's got some scholarship money. And then she has this boyfriend played by Peyton Meyer. And she's also running for home uh, prom queen. And he's running for prom king. And he ends up cheating on her with you know, some woman named Aniston. She gets really mad. She throws some kind of cream puffs at him and it causes her, you know, to blow up because then she's got like a snot booger coming out of her nose and it shows her up close and personal and Madison Pettis records it. She doesn't stop recording it. And uh, she's she loses all of her sponsorship because of the gross thing that was coming out of her nose and she doesn't think she'll win prom can't queen now and she'll won't get all of her sponsorship stuff she won't have all her followers again so her and madison pettis make a bet about you know who about turning into the uh you know loser unpopular you know anti-social media turning the boy into like you know the hot model instagram kid who's played uh, by Tanner Buchanan to be the prom king. And it's a bet. And then Tanner, uh, the guy who Tanner doesn't know about it. And it just becomes this love story. And it's pretty much what we saw in the original. It's all that. And it's Mark Waters. And, you know, we know Mark Waters from Freaky oh, fries
0: Oh, yeah, I see. His-
1: just Like Heaven, The Spiderwick Chronicles. The Girlfriend's ha- Past. Mr. Popper's Penguins, Vampire Academy, Bad Santa 2, Magic Camp, and now this. Like his career went all the way down, I would have to say, just right after the Spiderwick Chronicles. And now this has hit him like an ultimate all-time low. Because I guarantee you, he was hired as a director because he knew he can probably make this like, the early 2000s films, how like Mean Girls was and Freaky Friday was, because of his track record for directing those two films. Those were nearly almost 20 years ago. Now yeah. here we are in this day and age where they were trying to revolve that, given us millennials, they want to market off of that. However, they can't because it's so cringy bad. And like, I swear to God, Madison Ray's delivery in this film is awful does she sound like
0: does she sound like a robot she's like oh my gosh i can't believe you've done this
1: she kind of comes off like that that's more like courtney kardashian because courtney kardashian plays the one who sponsors uh addison ray throughout the film Mm -hmm. and is like takes away from all of her social media stuff and it just becomes like her like she's only in like three scenes courtney kardashian and the rest of the time it's Cardboard Addison Ray.
0: Because they
1: try to make it like, you know, kind of thing. And the film is so awkwardly like walking and talking, so much of that, because you can see the cuts around it. Because when I was reading and doing some research, apparently Addison Ray was so bad on set, she couldn't remember most of her lines. Dumbass. No, I wouldn't call her that, but like she's just clearly know. not made to act. If she can't no. remember her lines like that, it's it just shows that maybe they should have casted someone else. She's it's it's she's not good. I I can't I can't begin to tell you how just uncoordinated her acting is and just her delivery in general. Like in the in the scenes that she he's like in with her, I I just can't stand it because it's just so cringy bad. Yeah. Like there's a couple of scenes, especially like when he's like, oh, I fall for her. Like, like there's a scene where it's like, you know, a karaoke scene and she sings Teenage Dream by Katy Perry and she does like her TikTok moves like, you know, and she's singing it and all of a sudden she sees uh, Peyton Meyer come in with her with his new girlfriend and then she gets stage fright and then Tanner Buchanan. He runs up on stage and starts singing the song with her, and then she's like the two hit it off, and then somehow she gains like all of her social media followers back in some way. And Kourtney Kardashian's like, oh, he's hot, like in the worst way possible. It's a very very shallow film of itself because the film also has like no sense of time. The scenes jump from one end to the other and there is so much product placement that I literally took down every single product. Okay, well, first of all, we have ESO, the lip balm and lotion, Core Water, Bose headphones, and you know they got the sponsorship from Bose headphones because the sister says in the film, uh, bro, never touch my Bose, Lucky Charms, Pizza Hut, KFC, because someone says, can I get some KFC to go? And the girl grabs the bucket, and then the the girl continues to eat the uh, KFC, e- even on to the next scene. Like, Old Navy, Smart Food Popcorn, Doritos, Smart Chips, and, oh my God, ADT. Yeah, it, it wasn't good for all those they advertise because here's the thing when it comes to advertisements in films they pay to have them in there like i I would have understand at least maybe one or two but to have so many in this film it's ridiculous it's a nightmare and then the cast of itself matthew litter lillard i know i lost my tongue hits there for a second matthew lillard shows up He's not there physically because he plays the principal and he does like some over the speaker stuff like, you know, morning announcement stuff. And he doesn't show up physically until the end of the film and he tries his God dang best. To he me. always
0: tries his best. So that's a good thing.
1: Like he shows like physically at the prom and then at the end there's this like uh kiss me, you know, the song. So kiss me under the milky twilight although that song they remixed it and um it's horribly done and i don't like the remix because that's what originally was in the original so they have to mark it off to it and in fact rachel lee cook says oh why does this song sound so familiar and then at the end of it you know there's a horse drawn carriage you know moment at the end where uh tanner buchanan comes in riding on a horse because uh he in the, he works at a horse farm too. And now, and later, earlier in the film, Addison Ray shows, like, goes into the barn and gets covered in ho- horse poopies. And uh, at the end, you know, Tanner, like I said, Tanner comes riding in on a horse-drawn carriage type, you know, crap. And uh, they end up together living happily ever after. And this film has a 33% on Rotten Tomatoes. I don't understand how it is. At a 33%. So, if anybody wants to talk to me about that, feel free to let me know. Because I really want to change that, that score on Rotten Tomatoes to a zero. Are you going to watch this at some point, Mac? Because I would really no. love to hear your opinions.
0: Maybe. I probably won't talk about it, but it's
1: just not. So, I, I I guarantee you this is going to be uh, nominated for some kind of Razzies. And it makes me say, like, wow, Netflix stoops so low because all this stuff and then yet they release you know stuff like the irishman the marriage story army of the dead related, and now they have this so great job netflix you ruined my life with this film because it just shows how like young girls need to be on social media in order to get ahead in life Mm -hmm. which they don't no and you just as long as you be yourself and you don't have to put on this falsehood. You don't have to have social media. And it sees women as very, very little. And just she just shows shows women are like more like props as themselves to be like marketing themselves for advertisements. It's it's not good. It's really, really not good. I I it, you should have seen me the night of when I watched this film. I had so much anger in myself though, I couldn't even sleep that night. Because I watched the Saturday night, I did not sleep. That's how angry I was. That's my sort of review of like rant. I feel like I did not give a proper review of it. I just ranted about for like, I don't know how long about the disastrous of what is he's all that. So don't watch it.
0: And speaking of young adult movies, let's move on to the main topic talking about bad ones. Let's talk about The Kissing Booth 3
1: since it's the last summer at the beach house.
0: We would be more than happy to stay here and help you look after this house.
1: We would take amazing care of this. What do you say? Okay. What? I our beach bucket list. A long time ago, Lee and I put together a list of all the crazy things we wanted to do together before going to college. But when you decide to escape reality, eventually you're gonna have to come back to it. I have to pick a school and make one of my two favorite people very
0: unhappy. The end of the trilogy the third and final movie of the franchise the kissing booth trilogy i can't believe i'm saying that uh, it's directed again by vince marcello and it has joey king joe courtney and jacob El- lordy and this is um the plot of this film uh l played by joey king uh, it's summertime and they graduated high school now they got to go to college and she has to decide if she wants to go to um berkeley with her best friend lee or move out with lee's brother to Boston to go to Harvard. And she just feels the pressure of trying to figure out what to do, and uh, yeah. And you may think that this is the final movie, so did actually try? And uh, let me tell you, no, it's still bad.
1: <laughs> it's still bad. It didn't make me angry as the sequel did. When I watched the sequel, I remember being like really, really angry at it. And I just was like really frustrated how it was. This one didn't make me feel as frustrated, but it just showed that nothing has changed at all from anybody learning from the last films. However, that's not saying much mm-hmm. that, you know, when they, they filmed both films at the same time. However, when the release of The Kissing Booth 2 came out, the pr- criticism was there. There wasn't much of a time to improve upon it. I mean, they could have reshot some stuff, but then, mm-hmm. you know, COVID and everything and Joey King being Joey King, she's been in a lot of stuff coming up lately. So that, there might've been not enough time. So they had to work around what they had. So there wasn't much that was taken criticism from the second film and then ever, cause everything that was criticized in the second film applied to this film.
0: It's like, it's the, I wrote about this in my review, I sent the scribe. The problem with these movies is just the characters. You Absolutely. It's the writing and the characters. They don't the, the people who write this movie, they don't know how young people talk. They just Google the slang for twenty something year olds and like teenagers, and they put it all this movie. And then like the characters are just the only good character is Lee, played by Joel Courtney. He's the best actor in this movie. On all three of these movies, I have to say he's entertaining. He's the only character I cared about. But when you make your main character,
1: no, I wouldn't even say that. Joel I Courtney would, is just the obnoxious kid who doesn't get whatever he wants, and that's the same thing like the brother.
0: He never are you gets kidding anything. Me? yeah are you kidding me? No, no. That's the worst character is Elle. She's manipulative. She's
1: Elle. She's, yeah, so, she's is selfish.
0: Bad. She's like They're all joy- bad.
1: They're all like these rich kids who like um, are extremely obnoxious who can't get anything that they want.
0: Like I said, I think Lee's the only character that I somewhat liked. That everyone else was like, I don't, I don't like anyone. Like, this, this, these, the writing just makes these movies so bad. And you're thinking, okay, maybe this is the last one. They're gonna approve No, the characters do some dumb decisions. Like, L is a pathological liar. She lies to both Noah and Lee, saying, "Hey, I got waitlisted to go to Berkeley and Harvard, but she got accepted, and she keeps pushing it off." To so like, I'm like, wow, you are such. And, and the only
1: thing she never worries about herself, she worries about everybody else going on around her life. That she didn't Molly, fo- even, focus and say, yeah. "Hey, I want to focus on myself." That's what Noah. Where even, I want
0: to go. Noah said, "Like you've never taken. You've always been like everyone else, but what about you?" And it's like, "Wow, you're actually making sense." Because she always tries to be with. I don't know. It's just this, this movie just. It's the writing that bothers me i feel like a better writing it could be an okay like film series but it's just like it makes you like want to smash your head against the wall
1: especially because of Al, I think that's the majority of it and then mm-hmm. the second thing is um jacob lorty as noah because noah is probably the worst boyfriend
0: i get 50 shades of gray vibes with them i'm like this seems like a very toxic relationship and a flimsy one out
1: when i was thinking about it because over the course of these whole films noah is very pre- still possessive controlling and has so many anger issues that it just showed over the last three films nothing has changed along with l at all i don't know with anything that was taken away for anybody with this film because i was like what is there to walk away for with any of these characters really nothing
0: the only thing i take away from this film is that if you have a friend just don't fall in love with the brother just keep it don't date you know i will give them credit i thought they were going to go the cliche route saying oh the best friends they had feelings for each other the whole time and they fell in love and everything like i'm glad they didn't do that but like i don't know this just feels like it teaches very like toxic relationship trends that's what i feel like this, these films are taught
1: did you notice how nothing of the kissing booth also shows up at the end
0: yeah that's another thing since like, the first, like this, at least the first movie it was like sense of having the kissing at, least, at all at least the first movie was like hey we're doing a carnival, so we make a kissing booth. Like, okay, that was the beginning of the movie. That was, like, you know, the whole thing of it, to be like, okay. The second one, it was like, okay, well, all right, the kissing booth is here. This one was just like, hey, remember where it all started with the kissing booth? It's at the end. We gotta put this in. I was like, there's no point in putting it in. It's like, you it's like, you're it at the end of it.
1: It doesn't make sense, because even when, like, when I think back, you know, it's like saying, why is High School Musical called High School Musical? Well, it's about a musical in a musical, the same thing like the uh, sequel in High School Musical. It's musical, but there's a a musical show that's going to happen later on in the the movie High School Musical 3 High School Musical. They're doing a musical about their experience in high school with the characters. This has nothing to do with the kissing booth except for the first one when we last watched both films, they had nothing with The Kissing Booth. No. Which is so stupid to me. And I'm just like, why are we wasting our time calling it The Kissing Booth? It could have been called, like, Elle's Journey or some type of, like, obnoxious stuff. But do you think there's a chance for them to experience more kissing booth stuff like maybe oh no you you don't want any more man no
0: it's not even that it's like what can you do because the ending of this movie they were like it was six years after they graduated college and I love whenever they do a time jump in one of these movies you can tell they don't have the money to like get adult actors to maybe so they just cut hell's hair (laughs) they cut like their hair they cut their hair they put them in like more professional looking clothing I'm like okay but like there's nothing really to say anymore they kind they went to college they graduated, this feels like a high school journey. And I will say at least that felt kinda of complete when they graduated college. The time jump was weird, but it was good that like we followed them from like uh what was it? Was it freshman year of high school? And then
1: No, it was like junior year.
0: Oh, from junior year of high school in the first one. Then we saw them graduate in their senior year. And then this one was just like that last summer before, hey, we gotta grow up and get into college and everything. So I do like that sort of trend, but I don't think you can do anything else with it. What, like a Kissing booth reunion or something? Like, I no, there's nothing, I think these three films are just enough for this story. And who knows, maybe if the author writes another book, um, I don't know.
1: Were you surprised to see Rachel and Lee still together?
0: no because she said that we might find each other again and i knew that like okay they'll probably end up together again
1: yeah and i think that was alluding to the same thing for jacob not jacob Noah no one
0: yeah but they and, didn't they didn't flat out said so you say hey you want to take a motorcycle ride when i'm back in town okay and at the ending they were just on their motorcycles just like riding around I was like, okay well i mean i don't know they I can I can see them making another one where they're adults now, but they still act like kids.
1: And one other thing that I was kind of, like, annoyed about was seeing one character return, and that was Marco. Marco. Yeah. He's still a simp for Noah. Or not Noah. Oh, my God, for L. Like, you couldn't tell that, you know, she obviously didn't pick you. She picked the most toxic person in her life to still be with and spend the rest of her summer with and then for you to say okay I will stick around since she said yes but that does that doesn't mean you should do it you know there's no need to hang around because all you're gonna do is cause trouble that's all he did so yeah
0: there's there's no reason why like yeah L is like like I said the writing her character is just dumb like why would you invite a guy who,
1: that caused so you, much trouble in the last film.
0: Yeah, like that. Like everyone can see, because even Noah said in this movie, like everyone can see that you like Elle, and like it's like even the audience, you're like, man, he really likes her, and she just doesn't know. And they didn't they kiss on stage when they were doing the dance, dance revolution? Yeah, they did. And, and there's like she's like, oh, I didn't mean to. I thought we were just friends.
1: Yeah, and it's just like clear too. She has still feelings for you know Marco, and obviously didn't go away. If she was willing to mm. have him stick around for the summer. Like, I understand not every relationship could work out. But the great lengths that Marco does to be with Elle is just like, all right, might as well have two boyfriends at this point.
0: Yeah, it's like, it's so dumb.
1: And then they have the relationship going back to the dad in the film mm. uh, of Elle's dad and bringing in a mom.
0: Yeah, I felt that was a little, made Elle a little selfish. She's like, how can you be so selfish, dad? And like, listen, your mom died like six years ago and your dad has been, you know, he's been taking care of you and your brother and Molly Ringwald has been like a great surrogate mother for you. And like freaking you and your dad's like, you know, I feel like I want to be happy. Like, I don't want to feel lonely anymore because like all my kids are growing up. They're going to, you know, um, not want to be with me. And it's like, oh... You're so selfish for, you know, with another woman. It's just, it's so dumb.
1: I just thought it was so un- unnecessary to follow. Like, I don't understand how Elle had time to do anything because. She the child, had work. She had work. She was cleaning up the house. She was doing a bucket list. She was doing stuff with Noah. So how, I was like, how does she have time for anything? She did not have magic. time. And it's like events also happened in this film because of the bucket list. Like random mm-hmm. stuff happens between the dance, dance revel, not dance, dance, the flash dance, the Mario Kart, and then. Oh my
0: god, that Mario Kart! I need to. Tell you. That was the most cringy sequence about video games I've ever seen. And like,
1: were you expecting that? I'm sure they got off that off like a YouTube video and said, Oh, we could put that in a movie. Cause you have you have you you've seen YouTube videos where you know people yeah. have dressed up like that and but they want to do that.
0: I, I don't think you're allowed to throw stuff when you're on a high powered go kart at people. That's that you get kicked off the corpse.
1: Yeah, well, obviously, they talked to some manager and said, Well, we're gonna throw some stuff out the cart and we're gonna make it fun. So obviously, uh, that didn't work out because well no, I shouldn't say work out. They worked out it worked out in their favor.
0: Yeah, but I saw really that. kicked off. I knew that scene was coming because I did see like there was pictures of people posted everywhere. I'm like, uh oh, what scene is this? And I was like, when they said costumes, I'm like I didn't cross my mind like Mario. And then I saw I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so bad. And then, it and then it's wor- it's worse. Noah gets mad because Ella asks Marco to wear the uh the Wario outfit when Noah's like, I'm not dressing up. And then he gets like, You asked him, like, Well, you said no. Why didn't you just put on the costume? Trying to be the cool guy.
1: And just sucked it up. And then yeah, otherwise he wouldn't have been get, any of this mess with Marco.
0: Yeah. They asked you first and you said no. And you get hurt. You get butt hurt over it.
1: Exactly. Noah gets butt hurt over so much stuff over this film. Yeah, but thank God it's all over now. I'm so done.
0: Yeah, this, these movies are like, what has you, like what remember like let's reminisce? Remember the when you said let's review the Kissing Move two for the podcast last year where you watched them back to back on Netflix? Yes. And I watched the second one again and I spent and the second one was like two hours long.
1: This no, the for the sequel was like two hours and like fifteen minutes long. Yeah, I, I said the second the,
0: the second one is two hours. The other ones are like an hour and like fifty plus minutes, but it still feels long.
1: Yeah, they really dragged it out to great lengths for
0: yeah, cause all yeah, these films. Do you feel like if some of these movies, are like they could have just ended it like at a certain scene, but they had to keep going?
1: Yeah. There's times I think I could have felt that, but uh, obviously uh, they didn't end.
0: I don't. Oh, my gosh. But uh, if we got nothing else to talk about, The Kissing Booth, how would you rank these movies, and what is your ranking for Kissing Booth 3?
1: Uh, from the best one, it would have to be Kissing Booth 1, then Kissing Booth 3, then Kissing Booth 2.
0: That's my same ranking,
1: too. <laughs> yeah, because I just remember just really, really hating myself after watching the Kissing Booth 2, just same. of like how toxic I felt like if their relationship really explored they were that film and how bad Noah is and how bad of a boyfriend he was. Mm -hmm. And I'm just kind of bummed because this the the whole series doesn't show like Jacob Elordi at his best. It just shows him being like a bad person because I've seen I finally watched Euphoria about a month ago and I reviewed it on my Instagram. But he's actually a really good actor here in the kissing booth films he's not that great so like none of the films have showed off any of the acting chops so no if you want to actually watch a really good like rom-com teen series i suggest Mm -hmm. watching to all the boys i loved (laughs) the first one and the third one are pretty good the sequel it, it was a letdown
0: all three movies need to be good it can't be just one and two or one and three
1: That is true, though. But uh, then again, no other romantic rom-com, not binge-worthy series of films haven't been that good because there hasn't been many of them. (laughs) But
0: But, yeah, uh, yeah, that's my same. And I'd probably give this like a four. Now, you know, I'll give it a five out of ten because it didn't make me want to rip my hair out, but it was still like...
1: For the Kissing Booth film?
0: Yeah, the three. Yeah, number three. I feel like that is... It, it's oh fine. you're too
1: nice you're too nice i gave I was.
0: I was it i gave
1: it a d minus
0: well that minus is a number yours is a, well that would still be an f if you convert that to a letter five mm. if okay. that's it for the kissing booth three let's get into and wrapping this up shall we
1: so let's take it home
0: Okay, so what we're gonna we're starting off with the weekend box office reports. We have not done that in a while. So for the weekend of August 27th, and 29th, we got the first top ten um highest earning movies. So at number 10, we have old. Number nine, the nighthouse, eight, prodigy, seven, the suicide squad, six is respect, five is don't breathe two. Four is Jungle Cruise. Number three is Paw Patrol, the movie. Number two is Free Guy. And number one is Candyman with $22 million roast in his opening weekend. And before we get off, we would like to give you the MK upfront. So, Christian, what do we have coming up for the people who are listening at home?
1: All right, coming up on the next episode of the M&K Productions podcast, we will be discussing video game films.
0: Yeah. This is
1: Max, highly highly requested episode to do and we will be bringing on some special guests for this episode guests will be announced soon if you want to tune into the instagram page and check out our stories to figure out who will be on the episode look out for that but other than that we also have eventually our fall movie preview along with our ted bundy review coming up soon for that during that time so uh, be on the lookout But I have a feeling eventually down the road, we will review Candyman. If you've seen Candyman, let us know how the comments are. I've heard some mixed reviews about it.
0: I've heard good things.
1: Are you gonna watch it eventually? Are you gonna see it in theaters or are you gonna rent it? I'm
0: gonna try to see it in theaters. I'm gonna get up and go. Do
1: you know what theater, do you know what movie you should go see in theaters though?
0: What?
1: Free Guy, I saw that.
0: I'm not watching that in theaters, I'll wait till. Oh,
1: Free Guy was really good to see in theaters. I thought it was really, really funny.
0: I'll wait till it's
1: in the streaming. Yeah, I am sure it'll hit streaming, but uh, I I have a feeling that it's gonna like top some critics stuff when it comes down to like the critics' choice awards for comedies and stuff like that. So and this is actually the second movie Ryan Reynolds has been in for this over the summer because he was also in uh the Hitman Bodyguard's wife.
0: Yeah,
1: and that wasn't that great. So uh yeah. That's it on our end.
0: Yeah, so next time. So leave in the comments below when this comes out. What's your favorite video game movie? What's your worst video game movie? Because you're going to have so much fun with this.
1: And until then, then, this has been Kristen.
0: And I've been Mac. And we'll see you all next time. Peace.
1: Bye.